I always love being here. This is my favorite place to worship. So I just wanna, before I begin, I just wanna say a couple things since you know, we we're giving away stuff. We have a book aligning with God's appointed times in the back that has a chapter on the Sabbath and all of the fall holidays that are coming up. Tonight we'll be talking about Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, Jewish New Year. Who had a birthday today? Who has a birthday today? Anyone have a birthday today? All right, come on. Come on forward and get a book. <laughs> All right, man, blessings on you. Happy birthday. Anyone have a birthday yesterday? The day before? Tomorrow? All right, come up. <laughs> this is our book, Mysteries of the Messiah. We just put out recently connecting, you know, Jesus in the Old Testament. So that's for you, brother. Blessings on you, man. Happy birthday. So let's just start here. If you want to check those out in the back, listen. The Shabbat is part of the Ten Commandments. This is what it says. Zechoret Yom HaShabbat. Remember the Shabbat day and keep it holy. Six days you are to labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor you nor your son, your daughter, your maidservant, your female servant, your cattle, the stranger who was in your gates. For in six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. So the first thing we have to understand is the Bible tells us, remember the Shabbat day. And as Pastor Michael said, Shabbat, the first thing reminds us of, say, creation. creation. And the purpose of creation is for connection. Say, creation is for connection. God has created you for connection, and that is so important to understand the significance of creation, connection, and Shabbat. Think about it for a moment. It says in Genesis chapter 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the question is this, what did God do before he created the heavens and the earth? Something had to happen before the world could come into existence. Part of what God had to do before he created the world, okay, was that God had to create time. And God had to create space. There's no space or time with God. So literally in the beginning, God was all that was and God had to make space and time for something other than himself to begin. So the foundation of creation is space and time. And that is why creation is for the sake of connection because when God created the world, he was making a place, a space, and creating time to connect with you. So if we wanna have, we understand the meaning of creation and we wanna understand that it is for connection with the Lord and connection with other people, then if we wanna have a deeper connection, then we have to do what God did in the very beginning and in our lives, we have to make space and we have to make time. And if you can't make space and if you can't make time, then you can't have real connection. And there's so much in the world today that wants to rob us of our time, filling it with nonsense, 
and wants to take our space, meaning the place that God wants to occupy. How many of you guys, sometimes Miriam and I, for fun, when we're just chilling, we like to watch, we flick on, we want to disconnect, we flip on the TV, and sometimes, sometimes we, the show Hoarders comes on TV. How many of you guys seen the TV show Hoarders, right? Mind-boggling how people can get so much stuff in their house. What happens to the relationships with people who hoard stuff? They ruin their relationships. Why? There is literally no space. Some of us are hoarders on an emotional level. Some of us are hoarders on a spiritual level. And we, our lives are so cluttered with Nonsense with things that are not healthy, not good, that we literally don't have capacity for connection. <clears throat> and there are some things, especially as we head into the new year, that we need to clear out. Amen. And so the question is, are we making space? Are we making the time necessary? And friends, when I say make, when we talk about making space and making time, there's a difference between quality time and just time. Right? I mean, listen, Sabbath is great to rest. Sabbath doesn't mean just turning on the tube and vegging out, though that can be part of it. But it means really connecting on a deeper level with our friends and family and with the Lord. (laughs) So creation is about connection. But Shabbat is also about redemption. Shabbat reminds us that God brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. And he also brought about a greater creation and a greater redemption, as we'll talk about through our Messiah, Yeshua. So say this, redemption is for the purpose of relationship. God redeems us because he wants to have a relationship with us. That's the point of it. Because he loves us and cares for us and we are his children and he wants us to be in intimate relationship with us. That is the point of redemption. And that's at the heart of the Shabbat. How many of you guys watch the Shabbat? One of my favorite things about Shabbat is that you deepen connection and relationships through honor and blessing. Everyone is honored. Everyone is blessed. And I love, we see this in several of the blessings, but like there's some deeper things. In the blessing of the children, in the blessings of the boys, we say, may God make you like Ephraim, Manasseh, who were the sons of Joseph. Why those two children single out? Because they're two of the only brothers in the five books of Moses who don't battle for first place in the family or for position. There's unity between the two brothers. 
right? Jacob and, and Esau and Judah and Reuben, they're jealous of Joseph. They throw him, in. no jealousy between these two brothers. But there's something deeper in their name. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Friends, names in the Bible are important. The first son is Manasseh. Do you know what Manasseh means? I have forgotten the pain of my past. You know what Ephraim means? It comes from the word pre, which means fruit. It means double fruitfulness. <clears throat> what does this teach us? Forgiveness and forgetfulness precedes fruitfulness. You will never be fruitful unless you forgive. Unforgiveness bitters the fruit at the root. When we go into the Sabbath and we say the blessings, part of what we're doing is we are extending forgiveness because relationships can't thrive or survive where there is baggage in the relationship. <clears throat> so in a sense, every Shabbat is a time to check yourself and say, hey, is there something in my relationships that are keeping me from having the connection that God designed it for. <laughs> and then we see this even with the bread. The bread, the picture of his, you know, the bread is a picture of redemption and his body broken for us. And there's so much there. We take the bread and we dip it in the salt. <clears throat> Why salt? Because God makes covenant by salt. He made a salt covenant with King David. Salt in the Bible is significant of friendship. He came to establish a covenantal relationship and friendship with you through Messiah whose body was broken. <clears throat> How many of you guys like to go out and eat with your friends? <clears throat> How many of you guys, that's a big part of what you do? Is it fun? It's always fun, right? Food and friends doesn't get better than that, right? And God wants us to have fun. But let me tell you what, God created you to change the world. He created you to be people of impact and significance. Now, I'll confess over the last few days, as I've been traveling, I like to watch movies while I travel, watch TV. I was watching uh, this thing on Netflix about kids in prison. And as I was watching, it's like, it's like a documentary on the lives of these kids in prisons and what they're going through. And the thing that impacted me about it is that there was a common theme with all these kids and why they were in prison. It was because... They came from families that were broken, broken relationships, and they didn't feel seen. They didn't feel valued. And it created a sense of anger and worthlessness and depression and sometimes even suicidal. How many of us at times don't feel seen and known? I can tell you that when we do the Shabbat dinners and we bless people, 
So many times tears are running down their faces because you know how many people have never had a word of blessing spoken over their life? How many people have never had someone see the good and the promise and potential in it and vocalize it in a group of other people? Do you know how life-changing that can be for someone to experience that for the first time or on a regular basis? If God created the world through words, our words create worlds. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. When we invite people to have food with us, to sit with us, to dine with us, yes, let's have fun, but let's bless. Let's speak destiny over them. And what I love about the Sabbath is it a way to do it in a very non-religious way. You can prophesy over people they don't even know it. Friends, I promise you that if you incorporate, it can be at a special meal together like the Sabbath meal Friday night. You can do it on Sunday night. You can do it on holidays. You can do it with your family, with your friends. But if you speak life and blessing over people, it'll change them. (coughs) Sorry, I got a cough this morning. (coughs) But I wanna go deeper here. Shabbat doesn't remind us just where we came from. It reminds us of where we're going. As we said, the Shabbat reminds us, it's meant to reorientate us to the spiritual significance of the physical world. Six days a week, what do we seek to do? We seek to master the material world, right? We seek to master space. That's what... You have a job for to get, to create finances, to provide a roof over your head, to put food on your table, right? But the Sabbath, the Shabbat is to help us reframe the work we do on the six days and give it a spiritual perspective that there is meaning in the world, that there is purpose. The six days are meant to be a preparation for the seventh day. Six days we try to master space space, but on the seventh day, we seek to master time. Six days, the focus on the physical world, but on one day, we seek to master our spirit. Shabbat reminds us that we were created for a purpose, an intimate relationship with the Lord. And it points back, as we said, to the Garden of Eden, because guess what? There was no work in the garden. In fact, it says God put man in the garden and it's often translated in English to tend it and to keep it, meaning the garden. But in the Hebrew, it actually, that's not what it says. It says God put us in the garden to worship and obey. God didn't create us to be workers. God created us to be worshipers. He created you to be a priest in his kingdom, which is the world. 
So six days, we're so focused on work. And oftentimes, what we think is that our work is something we do. And when we come to the upper room or, or, or our houses of faith, that's where we worship. Listen, God wants us to have a worship mindset. He wants your work to be a form of worship. You know, the only difference between work and worship is who you do it for. When you work for the Lord, it becomes worship. See, when we understand that Sabbath is not just a day, it is a mindset. It is a way of living. It is a way of being. It is a way of seeing. And that's meant to lead us into this understanding because it's meant to remind us that we're not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a physical experience. The six days are for the sake of the seventh day. And ultimately, what does that teach us? That this life is for the purpose of the kingdom of God in the world to come. And it's meant to remind us that when we can't take a rest, guess what? We're still slaves in Egypt. Turn to someone and say, don't be a slave in Egypt. Because we have, look, let's put it in maybe another way. We have to balance these two tendencies, right? You guys talk here, right, a lot about Martha and Mary. Listen, Martha, the one who wants to do the work, she represents the six days of the week in which we work. Mary represents the Sabbath in which we rest with the Lord. There needs to be a balance between Martha and Mary, between worship and work, because if we don't, we become human doings and not human beings. Don't just be a human doing, be a human being. And it's this combination of work and worship that gives us our full purpose of being. So the first commandment, the first part of this commandment of the Ten Commandments, right? You remember the seventh day and keep it holy. Right? It reminds us that man begins his journey with worship before work. Without the Sabbath worship, our work has no lasting value. It is only temporary. So we need to remember See, God calls us to become a junior partner with him in creation. God creates the world. We often, when we think about creation, we think about when God creates the world, we think God creates the world perfect. He doesn't create the world perfect. The word perfect never occurs. It says God creates the world what? Good. Part of our responsibility is help perfect the world under the power of the Spirit to the glory of Jesus. It's like the blessing over the bread. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, who brings forth bread from the earth. Have you ever seen bread coming forth from the earth? God creates wheat. We have to harvest the wheat. There's a whole process of making bread. That's the point. God creates the raw materials in the world and we partner with him to make something beautiful and better out of it. 
He has created you for this partnership and Sabbath is a reminder of that. And that's part of the reason why it is so significant because there's a passage in uh, Exodus that says, God rested on the seventh day and was refreshed. And literally the word for refreshed there says, Shavat Vayinafash, he rested and was refreshed. The word for refreshed literally comes from the word nefesh, say nefesh. Nefesh means soul. God rested and was resold. What does that mean, God was resold? Listen, God didn't need to rest for, because he got tired. God rested as an example for us and the significance of what it would mean for us. So think about it, right? How many of you guys have a favorite pair of kicks, right? A favorite pair of shoes. And if you wear them a lot, what happens to the sole of your shoe? They begin to be worn out, right? And you have to ultimately get the soles replaced if you want to wear them. Listen, six days of the week, we're under the tyranny of time. We're under the tyranny of the urgent. We're under the stress of deadlines. And guess what it does? It wears on our souls, just like a pair of shoes get worn out when you're walking around with them all week. So the purpose of Shabbat is God wants to re-soul you. You need to be re-souled. God needs to refresh and rejuvenate and restore your soul. And that's part of what the Shabbat, that's part of what the Sabbath is meant to do. It's meant to re-soul you and to remind us of the fact that the physical exists for the sake of the spiritual. Say that with me. The physical exists for the sake of the spiritual. Say, my body exists for the sake of my soul. This world exists for the sake of the world to come. The six days are like the body, but the seventh day is like the soul. Friends, when we neglect the Sabbath, it's like we neglect our soul. The six days represent the physical world, the body, the soul of creation is the Sabbath. Creation has a soul, it's found in the Sabbath. So when we neglect the Sabbath, we neglect our soul. And Yeshua says, what is it if we gain the whole world but lose our soul? So Shabbat, the Sabbath, has helped to foster a sense of renewal for our body and for our soul to resole us. Then Jesus says this, Yeshua says this. He says, Matthew 12, 7, but if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for you would have not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is the Lord, even the Lord of the Sabbath. Friends, by honoring the Sabbath, we honor the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so, but I want to be clear in this. The traditional biblical Sabbath is from Friday night to Saturday night, and that is a great time to celebrate it. 
But again, for believers in Messiah, you have the freedom. The most important thing is the Sabbath principle. The fact that we take a time set apart to connect with the Lord, to connect with our friends, to connect with our family, to be a source of life and honor and blessing because the Sabbath is not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a gift of God that reorientates us so that we're not just absorbed in the material and our material needs or live under the tyranny of time, but Shabbat is a day we rest from the grind and experiencing the shalom of God. On the Shabbat, we remember to, we remember, we celebrate, we experience the blessing of creation, the joys of relation, and the freedom of redemption that we have through Messiah, and is a taste of the Garden of Eden, and it is meant to be an oasis in time. The Shabbat is meant to be an oasis in time, in the, bits, in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of it all. That's what it's meant to be for us. And I know for many of you, you're like, man, but see what I find is that a lot of times, the older you get, the less time you have. <laughs> the younger you are, the more free time you have. But the thing is, is that now is the time to make it central in your life in a priority because there will come a day unless you establish it as a principle and of, of importance, it will get crowded out and lost. And I just, and I really believe that Jesus says, what can a scribe who understands the kingdom of God be compared to? Like a householder that brings forth treasures new and old. Friends, too many believers have settled for half an inheritance. Turn to someone and say, don't settle for half an inheritance. The Sabbath is part of your inheritance. It's part of the blessing. I just want to be clear. You don't have, there's not a divine obligation in a legalistic sense. There is a divine invitation that invites you into participation into what Jesus and the disciples did and how they orientated and lived their lives. Listen, the word for disciple in Hebrew means to be a learner. You can't be a lover of God if you're not a learner. Part of what a disciple did is that they imitated their rabbi, they imitated their teacher. Jesus is our ultimate rabbi. If Sabbath was important to him, it should be important for us. If the book of Isaiah tells us we're going up from new moon to new moon to Sabbath to Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath, Shabbat. Listen, if we're celebrating Sabbath in the kingdom, shouldn't we understand a little bit about Sabbath now? It's meant to be a dress rehearsal, a preparation, part of our inheritance in the kingdom. And I believe that it's part of your inheritance that has been robbed from the church in general. Because I want you to think about it. How many of your lives would have been different if you had parents who every week laid their hands on your head and spoke identity and destiny over you? 
and blessed you every single week? How would marriages be different? How would families be different? How would churches be different? And we live in a world where a lot of people don't have that. But you know what? We can be that for one another. I don't want, listen, I don't want, as we get ready to enter, I don't want you, I, I don't want you, I want us never to minimize the significance of blessing. And the affirmation that comes with blessing. Listen, Jesus Yeshua was God incarnate, the divine son of God. And listen, at his baptism, there comes, when John baptizes him, there comes a voice out of heaven that says what? This is my what? Son in whom I'm what? Even the son of God needed the affirmation of his father in heaven as he stepped into his mission. We need the blessing. We need the affirmation. And we can do that for one another. There is tremendous power in prayer, but there is tremendous power in blessing. Now, I just want to, so you understand, explain the difference between a prayer and a blessing. Prayer in Jewish thought is the Hebrew word tefillah. Can you say tefillah? Prayer is primarily calling for things that are not as if they were. Blessing is activating the God-given promise and potential in the individual that is already within them. So when God blesses, the first thing God blesses is the fish and they multiply. The interesting word is, the thing is that the Hebrew word for blessing, can you say it's, it's Hebrew, it's bracha. Can you say bracha? The word for blessing, the first letter is two. The second letter is 200. And the third letter is 20, which adds up to 220. Why is that significant? It's blessings in the ones, the doubling. It's blessing in the tens. It's blessing in the hundreds. Blessing is about multiplication and expansion. The blessing is meant to multiply and increase and expand what God has put in to that person. And so that's so when we bless someone in part, we're blessing what God has put in them, the, the potential that God has put in them. We're releasing that, that latent creative promise and potential within the individual. Yeah. How many of your friends do you think would be impacted if you got together and you blessed each other? Come on. Come on. Friends, identity is destiny. Part of the power of Yeshua as a leader is that he saw things in people that they couldn't even see in themselves. When you look at the disciples on the surface, he chose, it was like, really? You chose, you chose guys who were going to be, who are fishermen? You chose, listen, one of Jesus' disciples was a doubter. Who was that? 
Thomas, right? One of Jesus' disciples was a gangster. Who was that? Simon the Zealot, right? Wanted to overthrow the government with swords, right? One of them was a denier. Who's that? Peter. I mean, when you look at who we chose, come on, Lord, you couldn't choose better than that? But you know what? He saw things in them they couldn't see in themselves. And because he could see it, guess what he did? He pulled it out of them. And they eventually became what he saw in them, became a reality in their lives. Part of what Sabbath does is says, slow down and look at the people around you. Slow down. What does God want to say to this person? How does Yeshua see this person? And in the same way God spoke and created the world, in the same way that Moses spoke to redeem the children of Israel out of Egypt, so we speak and we set people free. But friends, we have to be intentional about it. Sabbath is great for building community. It's great for building family. It's great for building outreach, but we do it through creating honor and blessing. And that changes people's lives when we do it. And so I just wanna encourage you in this. I wanna encourage you in this journey because I can tell you nothing has impacted my family, my children as as doing the Sabbath together and to begin to do it. And I wanna encourage you to bring this into your family, bring this into your relationship, bring this into your community because you will release new creation Power, and you will you will bring redemptive blessing into your relationship in ways that are revolutionary. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, I just want to thank you for everyone that is here, and I just want to pray, Lord, that we would know that when we honor the Sabbath, we honor you, who is the Lord of the Sabbath. We want to sanctify you and honor you by our rest, Lord. We want to learn to abide in you. And we want to create, Lord, stronger community, not just superficial community, but community that really builds up, community that really blesses, the type of community that the world wishes it can have, but which we can only have in you because there is a connection that runs deeper by faith and by spirit. And so I just want to lift up everybody here and I speak blessing over them, Lord. I break, Lord, if there's any fear about doing this, if there's any concern about doing it, Lord, I just want to pray that there would be a freedom to try it, a freedom, a joy in it is meant to be a joy, Lord. It is meant to be a taste of the messianic age. And so I just speak that over everyone is here and I just speak the blessing that the Father plays praise upon the children. I just say, I just pray that over everyone that's here today. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. May God make you fruitful. May God make you free. And I just pray the ironic benediction like we do at the Shabbat table, the priestly prayer. Yivarechadonai v'yishmorecho.
Ya'er Adonai panavelecha vikuneko. Yisa Adonai panavelecho. Vayasem lecho. Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you shalom, his peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. Amen. Friends. Before we close... We talked about this is about participation. One of the things I love about this Shabbat is often when you come to church, you are mostly spectators, right? Even if you're worshiping, you're worshiping individually, right? The beautiful thing is that faith was meant to be lived out by each one of us in community and relationship active participation. That's part of what Sabbath does. But I want us to practice here. I want you to turn to one or two people and I want you to bless someone. We'll, we'll do this together. Everyone stand up. Everyone stand up. Okay. If there is a guy around you, this is what I want you to do. I want you to first say this. Take, put your, you know, if they're comfortable, you know, you can put your hand on their shoulder or whatever you want to do. Okay, guy to guy, whatever. And say these words. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. May God make you fruitful and bring you freedom. And if there is a woman, say, may God make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, a spiritual mother in the faith. Turn to each other and say this over each other. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, in Yeshua Jesus' name, amen? And if you want to speak a personal blessing, you can do that.